Hey friends, um, Romans chapter 8 is all about the work of Jesus Christ. His death, his resurrection, mending the relationship between God and humanity. Uh, We've spoken about it from seven or eight different perspectives already. And this morning, I want to suggest that if God intends to do something for his family, for you personally... Who is going to change that? Or who could possibly undo that? Would God change his mind? Could he be convinced otherwise? Uh, Here's a picture of something from nature that if you would ever see this, I would suggest not getting too close. This is a mother bear and her cubs. Has anyone ever seen this in the wild before? In Smoky Mountain National Park or Glacier National Park? No. Created with free version uh, for non-commercial use. Do we know about mother bears and their cubs? What happens if you try to separate one of these beautiful little cubs from his or her mother? Bad things are going to happen to you. Yeah. Um, here's a lovely picture of a mama bear helping her little one across the street in traffic. Uh, Is traffic going to stop a mother bear getting her little cub home? Well, it kind of could, but, like, we all have the good sense to stop the car and let it happen. Here's another picture with a different kind of bear. Uh, Is bad weather going to keep a mother bear from protecting her cub? I'm thinking this mother bear is like, what is this kid doing? But I'm in. I'm in with my cubs. I am suggesting to you this morning that as much maternal or paternal love as any of us have, like, we share this with other mammals, right? And we know, we know mother bears protect their cubs. Like, it's built into the fabric of the world. It's built into our DNA. This is a great gift of God. And this is not unique to us because this is how the heart of God works as well. As much as if you're a parent... We love our kids as protective as a mother bear is. It is just a fractional illustration of the protectiveness of the care that God has for you and me. Have you ever thought of God that way? Often we have this misconception of God that God is just like waiting for us to do something wrong so he can like get angry with us. Or God is just waiting for us to screw up yet again so God can be like, I knew you all were sinners. This is not the heart of God that the Bible teaches about Created in Romans free chapter version 8. For the heart use. of God is much more like that of a mother bear. Here are the final verses of Romans 8. Um, It begins with a couple questions. If you were here last week, you know that Paul is on a roll of asking like deep but rhetorical questions. Would you ask these two questions with me? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? I mean, that's a lot of stuff that could get between people. And then Paul quotes an Old Testament scripture, Psalm 44, verse 22, and he says, For your sake, we encounter death all day long as though we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Why does he bring that up? Number one, 
I don't know if I learned it wrong as a child or if I have an old translation in my head, but I always want to start verse 35 with the Created word with free version for non-commercial use instead of who. What will separate us from the... But no, in fact, uh, the Greek, the original language of the Bible, clearly says who will separate us from the love of Christ. There is a somebody who would love nothing more than to separate you from the one who loves you more than any other animal loves their progeny. Do you know who that is? I asked this question last week. The same answer is true. Satan. Like, Satan is like a heavenly prosecutor, and one of his main jobs is just to accuse you and try to make you feel shame, guilt, and unworthiness so that within yourself you feel a non-existent separation from the love of God that would just keep drawing you in. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? I mean, it's the who that is much Created more powerful than the what use. of any circumstances. But Paul goes into it. Have you ever had trouble? Could potentially separate a person from feeling like God is near. Have you ever had distress? Could really put a cramp in your spiritual life. Have you ever been persecuted? Have you ever been really hungry or been through a famine? Have you ever had a lack of clothing or exposure? Have you ever been in danger from somebody else trying to hunt you down? Has there ever been threats of violence or a sword? I have to apologize. I meant to bring my Bible up here. You'd think a pastor would bring a Bible everywhere they went. I left my Bible in my office. I was going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 right now, where Paul illustrates a whole litany that he personally has been through all of these things. Like the guy who wrote this letter is not just talking, theoretically some bad things could happen to you along the you know, the primrose path of life. Like Created Paul experienced all of these things. Just a couple use. illustrations. Paul became a Christian in the city of Damascus, a city still to this day in Syria. Literally within the first week of his following Jesus, he had to be evacuated over the city wall and hung down by ropes in a basket because people already wanted to murder him. Like in the first week of his life. One time, after preaching the gospel in a city in the Roman Empire, people were so angry and put off at the chaos that he was producing in the city that they threw rocks at him until they thought he was dead and left him there. And then he was either miraculously healed or somebody performed CPR on him. The Bible doesn't say exactly. But he survived being stoned to death and then proceeded to go to another city a week later and keep talking about Jesus. He was in multiple shipwrecks. We know he was out in the open ocean for an entire night. He survived being bit by a poisonous... Like, this guy has been through everything. And this is the guy who is saying to all of us... Wow, my life is comfortable. He's saying to all of us, do you think there's any circumstance, even if it comes directly from the evil one, that can separate you from the God who loves you so much? What's the worst thing that ever happened to you? Well, don't think about that. Like, what's a kind of a bad thing that happened to you? Can that separate you? If God, in his goodness and power, predestined you before the foundation of the world, can anybody undo that? If God called you before you even knew yourself, 
is there anybody who can hang up the phone on that call? If God justified you, if God has written in Jesus' blood over your life, I accept you, I love you, I see you, you're already forgiven. And if God, this is what Romans 8 said, has already glorified you from Created God's perspective, for is there anybody use? who can steal you out of heaven and throw you somewhere else? Like, if God has done all of these things, is there anything that's going to block the way? But our feelings are a whole different thing, right? Our feelings are a whole different thing. If you've ever lost a job, if you've ever had a negative bank account, if you and your family have ever had a horrible diagnosis, if you've ever been through a divorce or a friendship that just broke in half, if someone ever betrayed you or turned... Sometimes all we can see is the wall of pain or failure or suffering right in front of us. Some of us in this room or watching on live stream are right there right now. And this is not just, you know, a suburban pastor telling you this. This is God's word telling you this, that there is a force deeper, stronger, better, more durable than that wall of pain that is right in front of you. Someday, like a rain cloud that seemingly insurmountable cloud that's there right now is going to dissipate as easily as a cloud on a hot summer day. And God's love, the bright, shining sun, is the thing that's going to remain. Who is going to separate you from God's will for your life? Nobody. What circumstance is going to separate you from God's eternal purpose for your life? Nothing. Can you receive that today? This is how Paul starts. There's still a couple verses to go. We're like, we're just getting started here. So the two questions are, can we see the next verse? The two questions are, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Can any circumstance? Created Here is the answer. Can you say this use? word really loud? One, two, three. No. Can trouble separate you? No. Can poverty separate you? Can a really dumb boss separate you? Can trouble even in your church family separate you? Can chaos in the United States of America separate you? Can World War III separate you? You're getting weaker. You're supposed to be getting stronger here. Like the stakes are going up. Nothing can separate you. In all these things, what are these things? All of these crappy circumstances. In all these things, we have complete victory through him who loved us. Is there anybody bold enough to say that? Well, I just lost my job. I have a negative bank account. But I am experiencing complete victory right Created now. Created with free version for non-commercial use. My brother hasn't talked to me for a year. My family just had a family reunion. I wasn't invited. But I am experiencing total and complete victory right now. Amen? <laughs> From our perspective, that seems like overselling. From God's perspective, however, even when we are at our lowest in the gutter, 
because God is doing all the heavy lifting. God is doing all the grace giving. God is doing all the overcoming. We already have complete victory. I would like to sing, we are the champions right now. All right. Um, We're going to do just about 60 seconds of hard biblical work. So in the translation I learned, um, it did not say we have complete victory. I think when I memorized it as a kid, it was we are more than conquerors. So this is all one word in the language of the Bible. So we have complete victory in the translation for today, more than conquerors in the NIV. Uh, a few of us can read that in Greek. It's a single word, huperkomen, hupernikomen. Sorry, I mispronounced it already. There it is in loony transliteration, hupernikomen, or to make it sound like words that we would say, hyper Nike. Anybody wearing Nikes this morning? Or do we say Nikes these days? Is there a teenager in the room? What do we say? I don't know. So from Greek, Nike, Nike, or this word Nike means like victory. It means so strong victory. Mimi, can I get a witness? Like it became a goddess in Greek culture. Nike, the Greek goddess of winged victory. Created with so what free the version Bible for non-commercial says use. Is not only do we have victory, we have hyper victory. Like hyper Nikes. Like this is how we are supposed to be walking through life. Does anybody feel like your life right now is just one victory session after another? Right? Like, there's Nike athletes. Is LeBron a Nike athlete? Like, yes? He wins a lot. He's won a lot. He's made a lot of money. Tiger Woods, Nike athlete. Problems. Has won a lot. I forget what tennis players wear Nikes. But, like, this is the symbol of people who win. Right? And why is it a swoosh in our culture? Because it's meant to represent these wings of the Greek goddess who just flew from one incredible victory to another. And the Bible uses this word to describe our lives from God's perspective. Created with free version for non-commercial use. we are super victors. I look around at myself. I am not a super victor yet. Like, lots of failing, lots of losing. I look around at our church family. Sometimes I can, like, see it, like, shining in the distance, you know? Like, in Christ, we are the champions already. But we have a lot of problems in the meantime. From our point of view, uh, perhaps the Bible uses this image. We are much more like bruised reeds than super victors just dancing through life wearing the awesome shoes all the time. In the book of Isaiah, uh, in the Old Testament, the prophet says this, a bruised reed God will not break, and a faintly burning wick God will not snuff Created with free version for non-commercial use. Now that's God being tender and kind with us, and helping us see ourselves from our own perspective. Right? Do you feel like a bruised reed most days? 
Do you feel like a smoldering wick? You'd like to burn brightly, but yeah, there's a little spark there, but there's also a lot of smoke. A bruised reed that once stood tall and then somebody like crashed into and broke and still it's like standing up from like the waist, you know, up to the waist, but it's kind of like walking through life bruised and hunched over. Yeah, that's me. And both of these things are true. From our point of view, our feelings, our circumstances, our experience is that we are a collection of bruised reeds. And Romans 8 created with free version for non-commercial use. Additional perspective that already already from God's perspective because he has the whole world in his hands and because a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to our God. He already sees us and holds us as from our time-bound point of view, we shall one day be super conquerors. This is not because you're awesome. This is not because you can make it on your own. This is not because I did it my way. This is because God is taking a collection of bruised reeds like us and already working the kind of healing that we prayed for, the kind of transformation that we prayed for. But what we now see dimly, what we now experience in small part, is one day coming for us all. Could that be true? I mean, in my moments of Created doubt, with I have free this version for non-commercial fear use. like someday I'll die from this life and get to whatever is beyond and like that there will be some kind of emperor has no clothes situation that I thought all these things because I've said all these things and we've talked about all these things but it was just a lot of words is there anything that we could hold out as proof to bolster our bruised reed kind of faith I have no brilliant ideas along these lines I only have uh, Jesus himself crucified, died, buried, descended. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. That is the original super Nike moment. Like dead in a tomb, and God brought Jesus back to life. And because my whole life is staked on Created this, because with free version that for happened, non-commercial use. that's what's coming for me too. In my bruised state, in my sickness, in my bad ideas, in my bad behavior, like the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power is going to turn us into super conquerors. And it can start right now if you want to cooperate with it. Does that sound like proof? Does that feel like proof? Only if you have faith. If you don't have the gift of faith, it just sounds like a lot of words that some idiot Christians talk about in dark rooms on Sunday mornings just to help them get up one more morning in an otherwise too difficult world. And I can't face it unless Jesus rose from the dead. So please just tell me something that'll get me by. Friends, it's so much more than that. Jesus' resurrection is the ultimate reality. Created with More free version for non-commercial use. More real than the clothes on your use. back. 
more real than the seat that you're seated in, more real than the city of Chicago, more real than this planet, more real than anything in this material universe. Jesus' resurrection is the deeper reality that is someday going to make all things new. That's the proof. That's the only proof. It's good enough for me. It was good enough for Paul. Because Jesus' resurrection, Paul can conclude with these words. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor heavenly rulers, nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us, even people like us, from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Can you think of anything that would Created not fit into one of the categories on this use. list from Paul? Is death going to separate you if God is your mama bear? Are even the signs of death, sickness, failure, could the signs of life separate you from God? Could success, promotion, owning multiple houses, having an eight-car garage filled with sports cars, like could that separate you from the love of God? could super distract you, but it cannot separate you from the love of God. Is there any angel who could communicate some heavenly message that would distract you from the truth of Jesus' death and resurrection? Nope, that message is still going to be true. Is there any demon who could come to you if you are called and chosen and justified by Jesus who can lead you so far astray that the love of God can't reach you anymore? Is there anything happening right now? Is there anything that you could have done in your past? Is there anything that you dread coming in the future? Created with that free gonna, version that for could separate you. Use. I mean, the worst thing I can contemplate is like global World War III. We've been through other wars. That has not killed the church or killed the good news yet. Could any powerful person, political person, president, dictator, is anybody strong enough to outshout God, to outspeak God, to outright God? Is there any place so high, like if you got on an Elon Musk starship to Mars someday and you lived the rest of your adult life on Mars, would you be outside the sphere of God's love? Like as far as we go, God made, God made it all. We, we can't get beyond it. If you go to the bottom of the ocean... Can you get away from God's love? If you drill a hole through the center of the earth, can you get away from God's love? And just as a coverall category, Paul says, anything else in all creation? No. Created because with God free has version for non commercial use. And you're included. There is nothing that can undo God's goodness or love. Now, some of us, I know, are still thinking, so this is true of the people that God predestined and called, but a lot of times I don't think I'm one of those people. How can I be sure that I'm one of those people? I've had this conversation at least 12 different times in the last month with some of you all. How can I be sure? What if I just, like, want to be in God's family, but God hasn't chosen me? Here's the thing. We are so messed up by nature. That's the good news. We are so messed up by nature that if you have even any sign of desiring God, 
of wanting to worship God, of wanting to follow Jesus, of having some motivation to get out of bed on Sunday morning. Like, I really think today, Created I with feel free version for non-commercial attracted, use. drawn to worship the Lord. I want to hear his word. If you have ever had any feeling or Holy Spirit whisper like that, that is not a sign of your personal spiritual genius. That is a sign of God's goodness and call and predestination in your life because if God was not drawing us in, all of us would just be doing our own thing 24-7. Here you are. Not that going to church makes you a Christian, but if you have felt your heart or soul at any point strangely warm to the things of God, that is not you. That is God already working on you, and you can take lasting and eternal comfort in not being a genius, but in God taking the first step toward you. Because if God is walking toward you, if God is drawing you in, there is no force in the universe that can Created stop it. Created with free version for non-commercial That's use. That's the good news. Your life isn't your own. You don't have to do it. You're weak. You're not strong enough, but God is. So imagine, uh, last little picture here. Imagine that there's a parent with a kid in downtown Chicago, the intersection of uh, Adams and Michigan Avenue, I think. West side of the street. You look across to the east at the Art Institute. Do I have this right, Doug? Okay. (laughs) There's two huge lions there. And as a parent, you're holding the hand of a three-year-old who loves lions and just more than anything wants to like dash across Michigan Avenue to get near the lions. I may or may have not been in a situation alarmingly similar to this one time in my past. Okay, you're holding the hand of this kid. They don't understand traffic or the destructive power of automobiles, right? The kid just wants to get to the lions What kind of parent is going to let that kid's hand go? No kind of parent if they have any mama bear blood in them, right? What if the kid, like, looks up at you, the parent, and is like, says bad words to you? You never let me do anything fun. What if the kid starts kicking you as the parent? What if the kid starts trying to... Ever had that experience? Pull their hand out of your stronger, bigger, adult, parental bare hand. Like, you're not going to let the kid go. Am I right? Compared to God, we are much smaller and dumber than, or less intelligent than the smallest human child. Amen? This is me. God is much bigger and stronger and loving Created with than the biggest for human parent that there ever was. And if God has seen fit to hold your hand and put his fingerprints on you and his grip on you, what could you possibly do or say or argue or force to exert that could get you out of God's loving hands? We're creative. There's so many options of stuff we can do. I've tried many of them. Forgive me, God. But God still has his hand on me. And if you've ever heard even the faintest whisper of Jesus' spirit beckoning you in, 
I am confident that the same God has his hand on you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this incredible chapter in your word. Uh, A chapter that lays out so clearly how much you love us and have sacrificed for us. Created with free version for non commercial use. His death, his resurrection, uh, his ministry right now on our behalf at your right hand in the throne room of heaven, God. And thank you, Lord, that your love is so durable and eternal and kind uh, that we just can't escape the brightness of your love. Lord, help us in our heart of hearts, in our crooked little hearts, uh, to be more grateful, to be more confident, to reap more comfort from what you have done for us. All eternity uh, won't be long enough for us to say thank you. All eternity will not be long enough for us to enjoy uh, the lasting benefits. So in this hour, God, we say thank you, bless you, we love you, we are open um, to what you want Created to do with free version for, for us, non-commercial use. around us, through us, with that same love. In Jesus' name, amen. Created with free version for non-commercial use.